What's up, people? It is Saturday, February 11th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Um, in the last podcast, I mentioned that I was going to submit my resignation. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. And um, last Wednesday, not this past Wednesday, but a week from this past Wednesday, I did submit my resignation. Uh, when I logged in at 7 o'clock, I emailed my manager and her boss uh, with my resignation notice. And she comes in around 8 o'clock. Uh, and with, by 8.10, I had a response. Um, she said she was sad to get my resignation. She was shocked and asked me if I would mind meeting with her later that day. I said that was cool. She set up a meeting. And... Uh, during that meeting, she told me how surprised she was and wanted to get uh, some information as to why I was resigning, um, if there was anything in particular uh, while I was leaving, and just kind of get some more information before she accepted my resignation. Um, now, <laughs> whether she accepted my resignation or not, I could care less because either way I'm leaving. But I kind of understood where she was coming from. So my conversation with her was more of, it was 80% financial reason, 20% personal. And um, when she asked why I was leaving, I told her there's a short answer and there's a long answer. Which one do you want? And she said, well, what's the short answer? I said, money. Um, she was like, what's the longer answer? And I just kind of explained to her that about some conversations that were had uh, prior to her getting there and some after she's been my boss or my manager. And uh, I just didn't feel like people would be um, honest or understand where I was coming from. So I know I've talked in previous podcasts about meeting with the VP of my division at the end of 21. And uh, I told her I felt like I was underpaid. Uh, they were supposed to be doing a salary analysis based on location. And um, that went on for the majority of 21. And by the end of 21, when we hadn't heard any updates, I just asked, what's going on with the salary analysis? Um, I'm underpaid, so that prompted me having this one-on-one with the VP. Uh, I expressed my concerns, inflation, rent going up, and also I looked at several sources um, comparing my current salary to the average in my area, and what I found in several different sources was I was underpaid by a minimum of $6,000, minimum $6,000. Um, that doesn't even include my experience. That's just the minimum. So I expressed that to the VP, and her response was, well, if any adjustments will be made, it would be done during your annual review, which was the following February, which would have been February of 22. Uh, February of 22, same thing happened. You get your little couple of pennies raised. Thank you for all your hard work for a year. Um, I did get a $1,000 bonus, which was taxed at like 35%. Uh, but that's when I really made the decision that 
if I want more money, I have to go somewhere else. So I explained all of that to my boss. Um, I told her I felt like leadership lost credibility because we still to this day haven't heard if there was any adjustments on salary or not. I would have felt better if uh, they said 15% of the workforce um, of the group you know, was positively impacted by the salary analysis, but we got no updates or nothing. So what it boiled down to for me was looking out for myself. Um, and fortunately, I found a place that really seems like they want um, they want me. Uh, they're paying me for my experience. Um, and actually, my new boss uh, contacted me a couple of weeks ago after I accepted the offer and um, asked me a little bit about myself. And I gave her just a brief summary about me, my experience, uh, some personal things. And the other day, she sent out a notice to my new team um, introducing me to the team and telling them that I'll be starting in a couple of weeks. And I had about 10 people from my new team reach out to me, welcoming me to the team. Um, and that just really made me feel valued and a part of the team. So I'm really looking forward to the transition. But back to my meeting with my current manager. Um, she was extremely sad that I was leaving. Um, she told me what a valuable asset I am to the team. Uh, it's going to be hard to fill my shoes, um, partially because I have developed an extremely close relationship to the line of business that I support. Uh, I've been supporting them for the past nine plus years, and we're more friends and colleagues. Um, they trust me. They trust my judgment, uh, and we worked very well together. So she just expressed her sadness about me leaving her disappointment but she understood uh, but she did ask me is there anything they could do to keep me and my response to that was you could have asked me that a year ago why does it take somebody threatening to leave or putting in their resignation for you to want to financially compensate um, and there's no way they would be able to or they would match what I'm going to and the way I see it is if I were to stay at my current job until retirement, I'm 48 now, if I was to stay until retirement based on how they give raises every year, by the time I retire, I still would not be making what I'm walking into at the new company. And that's a shame because currently I work for a Fortune 10 company that makes a lot of money. Um, and I know leadership management and above their bonuses are pretty high compared to mine it's it's pretty high but people in my position and lower than me we're the ones that do the day-to-day -day that make this company run but yet our compensation is is just not what that is so uh, I told her that my decision was made um, I'm leaving whether she accepted the resignation or not, it's not going to change anything because, you know, I gave her my end date. And, um, you know, we just kind of ended it there. I think she's, it's going to put her in a 
weird situation because what I've noticed over the past few months is the difference between her and my previous manager, who my previous manager, the best boss I ever had in my life. Um, he was the type of boss that if he didn't know something, he would try to find out and share that information with us. Uh, the person I'm with now, if she didn't know something, she expected us to find out and really didn't want to know the answer. Um, over the past couple of months, I've been poured into multiple things that are beyond the scope of my job. And I've had to figure out things, even within this week, um, I've had to figure out certain things that was brought to her, that she brought to me. And one of my biggest issues is the fact that, yeah, I was able to figure some things out, but she's not even trying to figure those things out if she's not even asking questions about it. So she can learn how to find or where to find these specific answers at. That bothers me because I'm sure similar issues will come up while I'm gone or after I leave. And she's just going to leave that to my replacement or whatever to try to figure out. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have created relationships with people in different groups that can help um, answer some of the questions I may have. And I'm not sure if other people have some of these same uh, connections. They may, I don't know. But what I do know is I've been pulled into several things that uh, I think should be handled by my manager and she's kind of pushed them off on me. But the way I see it is I have eight more working days and that's a wrap. Like yesterday, I got pulled into um, something with finance. And this lady from finance uh, connected with me yesterday and was asking me questions about pricing and all kinds of stuff. I have no idea what this lady is talking about because that, that is not my uh, area of expertise. I have no idea what pricing is and how you calculate that. And she was showing me a spreadsheet and she was saying, so I can assume looking at this blah, blah, blah. I disagreed with her. What are they going to do, fire me? I'm leaving anyway. So if what I told her is wrong, oh well, she'll be all right. But these are things that are beyond me. And I even tried to tell her that. Uh, and she knows this is not my area of expertise. I can show you what report I use to get certain information and how to get to that report. That's as far as I go. But anyway, um, so it's starting to spread that I'm leaving. Um, I even had a couple of people that I don't work with that I used to work with. They've heard that I'm leaving. They've contacted me. Uh, I've talked to a couple of my teammates that I'm pretty close to. And a lot of them have the same uh, issue I had concerning being underpaid. But I think what the issue is, is just being comfortable. Um, I've been in my job for 11 years. Uh, the other person has been there almost 16. Uh, one person has been there about 11. We started uh, pretty close together. And another one has been there like 18. And But they all feel like they're underpaid. And I think because it has been such a stable company to work for, um, well, within our personal department, 
people get complacent. And I was complacent for a while. But once I made my mind up about um, wanting more money and really started looking, uh, you know, I just made my mind up. But I was telling them and just trying to encourage them uh, to understand, to know your worth. And I definitely feel like I'm worth more than what they're paying me. Uh, And I get paid a decent salary. But what I'm going to is closer to what I feel like I'm worth based on my skills and what I bring to the table for my position. Um, And these are people that I work with closely. I feel like, you know, they have comparable skills as I do uh, and they deserve more than what they're getting too. And of course, I don't talk specifics, but I did tell them that, you know, I'm getting about a 30% increase. That's very significant. Um, And I just want people to win but you have to put in the effort too. Uh, I, you know, after I had my meeting with the VP, I just knew personally that I was worth more than what they're willing to do. Um, the company I currently work for, it is a very good company. They make a lot of money, but they're very profit-driven. They seem to be very profit-driven. Um, again, to the people on the, kind of the ground floor that's doing the day-to-day, the ones I know, we're not compensated properly. We're just not, uh, our salary does not keep up with inflation. Um, but I just encourage them that, you know, there are companies out there, I still get to work from home. Uh, I'm off every um, federal holiday. Uh, I get good vacation. The benefits seem like they're gonna be good. And the money is good. So there are companies out there willing to pay for our expertise you just have to look you know it's not it's going to be rare that a company will just come to you but uh, you have to put in some effort so the more I kind of talked and explained my position and where I'm going and what my new salary is um, one of my teammates he within two days start applying for other jobs he's trying to get out of there uh, my other teammate I've been encouraging her she's been a little um, hesitant, but you know, all I can do is encourage. If you're finding your situation, that's cool, uh, but don't complain about it if you're not willing to do anything about it. Um, one thing about me is that, especially with this situation, I complain, but I actually put action behind my complaints um, as far as interviewing and putting my resume out there. But don't complain if you're just going to accept what you have and you're not going to put the effort in. Um, you know, with this particular job, I had three interviews, three assessments that I had to do and pass a strenuous background check where I even had to go get fingerprints done, um, which is something I've never had to do. But I just encourage people that there are other things out there. I want to see everybody win. I want everyone to get what they feel like they deserve. And as much as I appreciate my current company for the opportunity, it's time for me to move on. Um, Let's see. So we are in the middle of February, going into Black History Month. And I've been noticing that uh, the more we talk about the Super Bowl that's going on tomorrow, 
that triggers a lot of people when you mention the fact that for the first time in NFL history, you'll have two starting black quarterbacks. Um, it never happened before. And I was watching this dude a video, and he was saying how excited he was for the Super Bowl until ESPN brought up the fact that it was the first time two black quarterbacks will start the Super Bowl. And he starts saying how, why does everything have to be racial? And that just turned him off. And for me, it's easy for people who see themselves represented all the time uh, to say something like that. You know, they they don't have a clue what it's like to um, be underrepresented because they're so used to seeing people that look like them in these positions. Um, personally, I hope Philly wins. Uh, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I like the way he carries himself. Um, but it is a big deal. And, you know, I'm just, I get tired of hearing non-minorities talk about, um, I think it was a quote from Morgan Freeman where he said, if you stop talking about racism, it'll go away. As much as I respect Morgan Freeman, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Because just because you don't talk about it does not mean it's gonna end. That just means you're ignoring something that's still there. Uh, you know, every day I see more and more um, videos about racism, and there's so much more that we don't see. For instance, uh, I saw a video earlier in the week where it was a kids or kids daycare center, and this particular daycare center has cameras that are on during business hours, so parents can log in and watch the classes and see how their kids are doing. Well, a couple of parents were watching during lunchtime and they noticed something really odd. And what they noticed was all of the white kids were being served their lunch before the black kids. And these are kids that are sitting at the same table. All of the white kids were served first. And the black kids had to wait and they were served last. I'm sorry you can't tell me that was not intentional. Um, And of course the minority parents got mad and they brought it up uh, to the daycare center and they tried to play it off as it was, of course it was not uh, a racial thing. It's just something that kind of happened that way, which is ridiculous. Uh, There was also a video of a lady. She had took her son, it was a mother, father, had took their son to urgent care because he hurt his arm and he was in pain. Well, they didn't have an appointment, so they were told that it would be a wait. And they noticed multiple non-minorities being seen before them, but came in after them. And when uh, the mother asked the question of, you know, what's taking so long, uh, they kept telling them, you know, you still have to wait. And two or three hours go by and they're still sitting there, their son is still in pain, the mother starts to get upset. But in the video, she was never irate and she was never disrespectful. And as she continued to see more non-minorities being seen uh, before her child, she asked if it was a racial issue. 
And then they came back and said, you know what, we don't feel comfortable uh, helping you because you brought up race, so we're going to ask you to leave. And this lady and her son, that's a pain, had been sitting there for three plus hours watching other people get help and not being helped. But when she asked the question, they didn't feel comfortable, so asked her to leave, and she ended up having to take her son to the emergency room. And there are so many cases in the medical field where there's a disparity in how minorities are treated, especially minority women. Um, and this is, these are just facts. They're treated a lot poorly. Their um, pain is not taken seriously. Um, their level of care in some cases is not the same as others. Uh, and that's just a fact. The numbers say that. Um, so to say if you stop talking about racism, it's going to go away is just stupid. Uh, we continue to see people calling the police on minorities. I saw a video where um, a guy was trying to deliver something to a lady's house. She wanted him off the property, called the police, and started crying, talking about he's hurting me. And he's just standing there calm, videotaping. And the number of people that try to weaponize the police against minorities, it continues. And uh, even with, uh, I just saw a video yesterday where it was a story about the police uh, lying on a police report. So apparently a man had stolen a motorcycle and the police were chasing the man. The police report said the man crashed. He got up, started running, brandished a gun, and they ended up shooting him. Now, I don't know if he died or not, but that's what the report said, that he crashed the motorcycle as he was running away from the cops. Uh, he jumped off the motorcycle, started running, and he pulled out a gun and a gunfight ensued. But uh, there was a surveillance camera that caught what happened. And the police actually ran their SUV into the motorcycle. So the man didn't crash. The police actually hit him with their car while he was on the motorcycle. He then fell, got up, and ran. But that just shows you that they lie on those reports. And I forgot what state it was just implemented a law that uh, if police officers turn off their body cameras during an arrest, the perpetrator will automatically be let go because there is no reason for you to turn off your body camera uh, during an interaction with a suspect or the public or whoever it is. Um, and that's why I've talked about ending qualified immunity because of things like this. We have to stop giving them the benefit of the doubt until, you know, it's proven. Um, they are not judge, jury, and executioner. So, it's just, it's frustrating in the fact that we just continue to make very minimal progress, and the more you take two steps forward, four steps back, because you can't change the mind of people. Um, people will prejudge you, you know, based on how you look. And then there was a lady who went on social media and she called for 
her followers and people to take care of the Jewish community, which basically she was saying to bring harm to them and how uh, they didn't deserve to live and things of that nature. And social media platforms allowed this to stay up. And I, if I'm not mistaken, she is a nurse or works in the healthcare field, and she said that there are a lot of other people that have access to these people as well, and they should take care of them. You know, that's definitely a threat and should be turned over to the FBI, and she should be investigated. Um, Colorado State had to apologize um, for something that their student section did during a basketball game. Uh, this was last week. Uh, the opposing team of Colorado State had a Ukrainian player that was at the free throw line and the student section of Colorado State started chanting Russia um, that's just despicable but this is what they do uh, also a black player uh, at a kids basketball game was at the free throw line I think this was high school he was at the free throw line they start making monkey noises. And they know that these things are racial. That they know it. But you never hear it. Well, personally, I'll speak for me. I don't hear it coming from the other side of racial things being said to non-minorities during those type of uh, games or something like that. Uh, you just, I don't hear about it. And it's always against minorities. They're always the ones that are subjected to these type of things. Again, I'm only speaking for me. I really haven't or rarely heard it from the other side. And then Florida, uh, with their banning of books, they're trying to make it a felony for teachers to keep certain books in their classroom. So again, they're trying to whitewash or erase history. And I'm just, I say this every podcast where I'm just tired of, of what they're trying to do to erase history and the lengths that they're going through with um, all of these different laws. Uh, these school boards are just getting more and more ridiculous with their requirements. But what I've noticed is Republicans, they like to manufacture outrage. Um, it was CRT. That was a manufactured issue. Uh, you have school districts banning CRT from K-12, through which it was never taught in K-12 anyway. Um, it's a college course. Then you have this manufactured uh, outrage over drag queens reading books in libraries. I've never heard of a drag queen molesting any kids, but I've heard of pastors and priests doing that, but you're not banning them. You're not protesting at churches. It's just another manufactured uh, outrage. And then this Chinese balloon we had flying over the U.S. last week um, that was eventually shot down. Now, that was the newest outrage of Biden being weak because he didn't shoot it down sooner. Um, how could he let something like this happen? Well, it came out that three Chinese spy balloons flew over the U.S. during the Trump administration. Not a peep. Again, 
continued manufactured outrage. And then um, Biden had his State of the Union address the other day. I didn't watch it. I watched clips of it, but I already knew what it was going to be. And it, the clips I saw was exactly what I figured it would be. Um, here are some of the things that Republicans did not stand up for as Biden talked about. He talked about a living wage. Democrats stood and applauded. Republicans sat there quiet. He talked about perfect, uh, protecting kids from gun violence. He talked about affordable health care. Not a peep. They sat there quiet. Uh, but he talked about uh, fentanyl and trying to uh, rid the U.S. of fentanyl overdoses and things of that nature. Republicans started to yell at him during his speech saying that he was the cause of all of the fentanyl deaths because there's uh, open borders and blah, blah, blah. And then he also talked about uh, how Republicans want to sunset Social Security and they started yelling out saying that he was lying. Okay, let's start with the fentanyl thing. What's interesting about the fentanyl um, fake outrage is that Republicans continue to say we have open borders. They'll say how um, so much fentanyl was seized at the border and it's Biden's fault. Well, obviously, they do not understand what seized means because you would want the drug seized. But yet, they make it seem like the word seized is a bad thing. But this is where education and just common sense comes into play. It Just listen to Republicans talk about the fentanyl epidemic. They'll say how much fentanyl has been uh, seized at the border and it's just open borders. And it's just not the case. It's not true. Seized means that the Border Patrol caught it before it crossed the it crossed into the U.S. That's what seized means. But they just talk fast and convoluted and confuse their constituents. Um, so again, they try to make the word seized seem like a bad thing. And they've had hearings on this where it was said that the majority of the fentanyl coming across the border are coming across by U.S. citizens, not uh, illegal immigrants. But yet they try to frame it as illegal immigrants are bringing fentanyl and killing U.S. citizens, which is not the case. That's not the majority of where the fentanyl is coming from. It's just not true. But again, they, their base won't do their own research and just listen to what people say. Um, and then with the Social Security thing, multiple Republicans have talked about eliminating Social Security, um, saying that it's a Ponzi scheme, um, saying that it should be sunset, which means I think that was Rick Scott's proposal to where it sunsets every five years. So that means it has to be voted on every five years to be reauthorized by Congress, which is stupid. 
and but this is something that they have in writing in numerous uh, videos of Republicans talking about getting rid of Social Security or doing something to minimize Social Security. But for them to yell out in the middle of the State of the Union address saying that Biden is lying about that is just ridiculous. But again, their base will believe what they're saying um, because even reading some of the social media posts about it, instead of admitting that, yeah, Republicans did say that, the first thing responses I was seeing, well, Biden said it too. Biden, I think, mentioned that back in like the 80s. But what is his position today? It just, it doesn't make sense at all. Uh, And the Social Security is self-funded. It has nothing to do with the deficit or the national debt. We pay for Social Security. So if they get rid of Social Security, does that mean they're not they're gonna stop taking it out of my check? I doubt it. They'll still take the money but use it for something else if Republicans have their way. But I don't think that will ever pass. But uh, Biden, he was pretty smart off the cuff with this one. When they started yelling that he was lying about what the Republicans wanted to do to Social Security, he said, okay, well. I'm glad we have conversion. So that means Social Security is off the table there, right? He got them to agree to that and put them, back them in the corner that they wouldn't touch Social Security. But what will happen is they'll still try. But the audacity to just continue to lie to people's face and to lie where you can be fact-checked and I'm with fact-checking Democrats, too. If they lie, call them out on it, too. But just the blatant, absolute lies that come from the other party is just astounding. But not surprising, though. It's not surprising. Um, and moving on to some of the what-the-hell stories I saw. There were a couple. Um, a video of a guy, he went to get his car inspected. And it was going to take a while, so he went over to the local Burger King, and he was sitting down eating inside the restaurant. And he saw the technician that was inspecting his car pull up in his car, get five or six orders of food, and drive his car back. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. You know, when you have your car inspected, they do have to drive it to make sure uh, it's safe to be on the road, but to do your personal errands, of, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I wouldn't want it done for my car, personally. Um, and then there was a black man who was kicked out of a Sarah Silverman comedy show for wearing blackface. And apparently he did that because she had a skit a long time ago where she wore blackface, so he was basically protesting her. Um, he was asked multiple times to leave. He refused. Uh, and watching his own video, the security was pretty nice to him in asking him to leave. And he just continued to refuse, made a scene. Well, he had to be forcibly removed. And the next video, he was in the hospital saying that they jumped on him. And a couple of thoughts on that. There are a lot of people that wore blackface back in the day. Um, 
not that it was acceptable back then, but you're still trying to hold somebody accountable for something like that that they did 20, 30 years ago. I'm just not for something like that. Uh, I mean, it's like going back to people's text messages from the 70s and 80s or whenever cell phones came out because it was just a different time then. Uh, So I'm not necessarily sad about what happened to this dude. You kind of brought it on yourself. I mean, you made your point. They asked you to leave. You didn't leave. They asked you to leave again peaceably. You still didn't. Whatever happens after that is on you, buddy. Um, And then I was looking for some shoes. And I saw some Air Jordans that I really liked. They were like $125. And when I went to take a closer look at them, I noticed they were kid shoes. When did kid shoes start being over $100? So that means adult men's shoes, that was like $200. That's crazy. There's no way I spend $125 on some kid shoes that they're going to grow out of. That's just absolutely nuts. Uh, and then a couple of sports things that are coming up. Uh, LeBron, he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list. Uh, happy for him. I mean, he put in the, the work. Uh, he's had an amazing career. First ballot Hall of Famer for sure. But I still don't think he's the GOAT. I think he's a very good player. Um, and he's at the top of the list, but I still don't think he's the GOAT. But that's still, uh, I can't even imagine how he feels about that record because that's one that's going to take a long time to be broken. So congratulations to LeBron. And there's been a lot of trades and movement throughout the NBA. I'm not the biggest NBA fan. Um, I watch a few games every now and then, but this year I have not watched one game. Uh, But the Mavericks brought Kyrie Irving to town, and so far it seems like he's been fitting in. I think they won three straight games with him being here. And then Kevin Durant was traded from uh, Brooklyn to the Phoenix Suns. So that just means the Suns probably one of the favorites to win the NBA championship this year. But obviously Brooklyn, their ownership and GM sucks. Because you had James Harden, Kyrie, and KD and couldn't win with them with three All-Stars and probably Hall of Famers. And now all three of them are gone within a matter of a couple of years. Not... uh not a good one. That's not good ownership or leadership there. And then we have the Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, My prediction is I'm hoping that Philly wins. I really want Jalen Hurst to get one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has one, so let's get Jalen one. I have nothing but respect for Jalen and the way this man has handled himself uh, coming out of college. People thought he was going to be a bust because he played at Alabama and won one or two championships there, but uh, he was benched in the national championship game for Tua, who's the quarterback for Miami Dolphins. And he ended up transferring to Oklahoma after that and had a good run in Oklahoma for that year. 
and I was actually surprised he was drafted by Philly, but this dude has, seems to be nothing but a professional. Uh, he handles his business, and I like the underdog story because what generally happens, especially with minority quarterbacks, and it happened with him, it happened with Lamar Jackson, uh, during the draft um, time frame, a lot of black quarterbacks are always asked by media uh, would they go to a different position. And you really don't hear that about other quarterbacks either. But the more athletic, um, I know Lamar was specifically asked, would he go to wide receivers? They asked him. They don't ask other quarterbacks that. And Lamar was like, I'm a quarterback, that's the position I'm going to play. Or he's not going to play. Uh, same thing with Jalen. He's a quarterback, and he has led that team for the past two years. Um, and now they're playing in the Super Bowl. And I have nothing but respect for him. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the game and just see, you know, what happens. But either way, I don't really care who wins. But if I had to pick, personally, I would want uh, Jalen Hurst and Philly to win. Uh, this week's verbal middle finger. Uh, this goes to a dude. He was at Chili's, and he was ear hustling or basically over, um, overhearing a conversation between this man and his woman. And apparently the woman asked for something on the menu, and the man said, you know, she couldn't get that extra because he couldn't afford it. Uh, so for this man to videotape them and then talk about them while sitting right next to them, saying how the woman needs to leave him and you can't even afford, you know, to buy her something extra at Chili's. We had Chili's and, and basically shame this dude. If I knew who the dude was that he was talking about, I was sending that dude money on Cash App so he could take his girl out. But you don't know what somebody's finances are. And you don't know what somebody else's situation is. So that's why I try not to ever demean somebody in that manner because of the fact it could be me easily. A lot of people are one paycheck away from being homeless almost. And for you to sit there and talk about somebody, especially sitting right next to them, and as loud as he was talking, I would think that the man he was talking about probably heard them, and I can't imagine how that would feel as that man. Um, and based on just a little bit of information, uh, at least he was taking this girl out. But to demean this man and talk about how broke he is, you know, you eating the chilies too. So how are you going to demean somebody at the same restaurant you at? So it's just, and unfortunately I don't know the dude's name uh, who made the video, but I wouldn't even put it out there anyway. But you're an asshole, man, and you deserve a middle finger and to be shamed the way you shamed that man who was just trying to take his girl out. And for the quote of this week, it comes from Rosa Parks, and it is, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. And I love that quote, especially in the season of life I'm in now. Um, again, going over to the new job, my mind was made up. And getting out of that comfortability of 11 years, is uh, it diminished my fear of leaving. So that is it for this week. 
Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. Peace.